What a good be hope before it should be. Welcome to the. <laughs> hey, shout out to Nori. Shout out to Drink Champs. I do fuck with that podcast, man. Uh, and speaking of Nori, uh, he always talking about he from Left Rack in Queens on on Drink Champs. I was in New York this past weekend. I went to Left Rack. I went to Left Rack just because. And so I'm looking, I'm in Left Rack. I said, hey, tell Nori I'll be everywhere. He ain't never there. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, Left Rack is rainbows and butterflies now, okay? I can tell that it used to probably crack just because of the way it looks. High rises, a bunch of them. And then like medium rises. They got like eight level joints. It's a million eight level joints. And then it's probably like a hundred, like 30 level joints. I can definitely tell how it could used to bust over there. But it has, that is a yesteryear thing. I can yeah. see how 30 years ago that probably was not the safest place to be, but it was perfectly fine. The uh, building look, and the lawn was male, well manicured. You know what I'm saying? Bill Clinton lives in Harlem. Yeah. Put that in perspective. There's that. You know what I mean? There's that. Yeah, put that in perspective, G. I spent the day before, um, and, and ain't no niggas in Queens. All Latinos and Asians. From one end of Queens to the next. I couldn't find the nigga corner in Queens. The nigga corner in I Queens. I said, well, damn. Okay. They all left with Supreme Team. And I'm on the train. I'm on the bus. I'm walking around. I'm all through left rack project getting lost. But I... I, I it's different, bro. It's different. It's different. different era. I was it's hoping funny. that because they buildings are still erected, that there may still be some semblance of, you know, us around. But it, that wasn't, it wasn't the case in Queens. Now, in Harlem... I went to the projects in Harlem night before, and I was just sitting there chilling, really. Just went up in the projects and chilled out on the little bench, uh, hanging out. Like, like, like Nas in Belly, where he just sitting in the middle of the demo. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting there chilling. And uh, some niggas came by. They like, you good? I'm like, I'm good. Y'all good? I'm like, we straight. Just make sure you straight. I'm like, no, I'm good, bro. All right, cool. They went doing what they was doing. I was kept doing what I was doing, which was absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Just sitting on the bench chilling. But it was, you know, that was more, that felt more us. That Those projects felt project-ish. Mm-hmm. The, the left rag in Queens did not. It's funny, man. Shout out to Mav Hoffa. I was watching a, a Mav Hoffa episode of his podcast, and he had MC Search from Third Base. You know yeah. who that is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. White dude, right? Yeah. So he was telling a story about because he was, like, intrinsic in Nas's career. Right, he was telling a story about. Did you give that white man no credit for Nas. Nas gives him credit, I'm just right? Playing. So, but he was telling a story about how he would go to Nas' crib on the forty in the forty projects. Yeah, in Queens, he said he could look out the window and see Manhattan, and we, mm-hmm. you know, think about New York, Manhattan is downtown yeah. essentially. Then you know land between I mean? heaven and hell. Right, and he was like, man, it always just resembled so much hope and promise to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, years later, man, he's like, I had a conversation with Nas and I was telling him how I felt about looking out his mama's window from the projects mm-hmm. and it had inspired me. He said, he said, Nas, I said, man, that's interesting. I always saw it as a prison. Mm. And it just was interesting to hear that juxtaposition. And you niggas can't get about over perspective. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That was an interesting juxtaposition about that's perspective. How the white dude could look at it and see promise. all things attainable and promise and the black dude's like, that's just shit, shit I, I can't never go. Attained. Yep. Yeah, it's some interesting yeah. shit, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same fucking window. Same window. Mm. I came to your crib to see your perspective, and I got a completely different one. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely interesting, man. What's going on with y'all? Hope y'all feeling good on this here Wednesday. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Herb and Tool alongside Tucson Warner. 
My name is Herb Howard. Every Wednesday and Friday, we are here hanging out with you wonderful people, talking about issues that currently impact the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us as individuals and also how they impact us as a collective. And along with your help, we talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them individually, but perhaps more importantly, overcome them as a collective. So thank y'all again so very much for choosing to think this um, conversation was worthy of your time and, and, and input. Um, we would kindly request that you please take a quick second to share the broadcast, share it on your personal page, share it within your personal network with anyone that you think would add value to or find value in this particular conversation. It is our sincere belief that the more like-minded individuals we can get to be a part of this conversation, the better the opportunities we actually have of reaching those aforementioned solutions. So please, 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 if you would be so kind, take a quick second to share the broadcast. Again, this is Herb and Two. It is intellectual, intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Two. What's happening, good brother? What's up, family? I'm blessed and highly favored, man. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Bears wrapped up their last road game, or at least the last road game that I'm going to this weekend. So I'm kind of be, I'm kind of glad to be done chasing them around. Uh, all their games in December is at home. They got one road game first week in January in Detroit, but I'm not going to that. Um, be working doing some other stuff. So, um, but we are gonna put together a watch party for that game. So stay tuned for the information uh, coming out from that. Just stay tuned to me to the bigs. We'll let y'all know what that's gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna fuck with that. That'll be the the second game I've caught in the last X amount yeah, of years by yeah, accident. Yeah. That'll be that'll be that'll be a good time. That should be a good time. We're gonna yeah. hang out with everybody, watch the game together. So I'm looking forward to doing that, man. Uh, other than that, New York was cool. Uh, chilled out because Atlanta was the week before, and it was just oh, it was, I, I overdid it in Atlanta. So I was really just on some chill shit in New York. So I mostly just was kind of just walking around, exploring different neighborhoods and shit, like I was saying. But uh, I did. You know, I, I told you before the cameras came on that uh, I went to. Let me. I told you. It don't matter. It was it was cool. It was cool. New York used to be one of them cities for me. Like I, I wanted to move to New York <clears throat> when I was young. <clears throat> like I thought that's where I would live my life. You know what yeah. I mean? DC, outside of the crib is my favorite city. Chicago my DC. favorite city, period. DC is outside ready for of that, us, B. DC is DC, DC is ready for us, B. DC. Yeah, you can set up in DC, B. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can make major moves down there. I ain't telling them nobody from Harlem. Right. But uh right. Right. But outside of D.C., I always been like an East Coast kind of guy. Like, I could have yeah. seen myself in New I York. I can see that, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I thought about it long and hard, but. Yeah, they, they carry it a certain way. Yeah, I fuck with NYC. It's fun. Yeah, I like I like New York. I like it on some on an interim basis, though. It ain't it ain't no way I would want to live all the time. It's too, it's too congested. It's too, it's almost too busy. You know what I'm saying? I love all that. Yeah, I don't like the congestion. And like a motherfucker the busy say, shit is that's that's a that's a personal choice. I don't give a how fast something's going around. You can slow down if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that ain't the biggest thing, but just the con, the congested nature of it, the streets, the, the roadways, the transit systems, the housing. Motherfuckers live York, on top baby. of each other. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's New York. Nah, that ain't mm-hmm. I, that ain't that ain't appealing to me. But I feel the same way about like an Atlanta or Dallas. Like when people are like I can live, man, I be like, this shit whack as fuck. Too slow shit. You know I mean? Why would you want to be here? Not enough people. <laughs> you know Chicago's the perfect medium for me, that man. It is, G. Chicago's the balance. It's you the perfect I mean? balance of, of having a lot of people, you know, relatively compact area, you know, lots of activity going on. You can always get into something 
But if you should so want to get away or do some do your own shit, there are solo sanctuaries throughout the city too that a lot of people don't even know is around this motherfucker. Yeah, you could dip in and dip out and have a to- totally different experience in the yeah, crib. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no I agree with that. I love the city, man. I think we are the best city in the world. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I agree. Um, let's hop into some of these topics for today. A few things we're going to get into today. Ben- Balenciaga, child porn campaign. Kings of pedophilia. I don't know what it's going to take for us to stop being so blindly loyal to these labels that don't give a fuck about you. Um, we're going to talk about that. Um, Yay Luther King. Yay Luther the Clown. Yay Luther the Clown. Yay Luther the King. Yay compares himself most closely to Martin Luther King, he says. I feel like a dog is biting my arm, he says. Um... <laughs> And it's all that needs to happen for me to feel like Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Martin Luther King. That's crazy, that's Martin Luther King. I feel like a dog is biting my arm, bruh. I'm Martin like, Luther King. I'm, How many motherfucking Martin Luther Kings? Oh, there? countless. Oh, it's countless. Martin Luther. Go King. to the kennel. They put they put Martin Luther King assassinators down every day. Every day, B. okay. Every day, b. Uh, damn, niggas bite on their forearm every day, b. That's hilarious. Um, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. The other Martin Luther King. The other Martin, the other side of the Martin Luther King. The other side of Martin Luther King. Um, while Martin Luther King was fighting uh, tooth and nail to have schools integrated, to remove racism out of our school system to the best of his um, ideas, Jerry Jones, famed owner of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, a photo has surfaced of him as a 14-year-old Jerry Jones standing on the opposing side of black students trying to get into school as they were being integrated. Jerry Jones with a mob of um, white people and they were in staunch resistance to going to school with niggers. Apologists are coming out the woodwork to make sure that every Negro knows that Jerry Jerry Jones Jones is not not racist. First of all, Mm, mm, mm. America being what America is and old money being what old money Mm, is. mm, mm. Give him a word. Any billionaire white man over the age of five. Any poor white man over the age of five. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got a rich old white man in America. I don't care how many good running backs he's owned. Owned, being owned. Word. Emmett Smith. Owned. Owned. Michael Irvin. Owned. Okay, how many of y'all he's owned? That old white rich man does not harbor general feelings of positivity about black people. I, I so want us to explain. And that's the difference. I because so- you get people to come out, oh, this is my friend, all right? He, he treated me like. I'm talking about. General feelings. You have general feelings of positivity towards these people. So I so want to expand. It's tough for me to buy that on old white men in Ex- America. Expand this conversation, right? I hate the conversation of racism in the context of, oh, he called me a nigga. Yeah, that's that's the least of it. Right. We as black people really don't grasp it, or we play on the masses ignorance. Yep. Right? Both. Either or you a fuck boy if you do it either. Or, right. Uh 
Stephen A. Smith is the cooniest coon from Coontown that oh ever cooned in his life. He is Mayor Coonting. Mayor Coonington. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? It's him. But it's just interesting. Again, the, the interesting juxtapositions, right? We talked about Search looking out Nas' window. He said Promised Land. Nas look out Nas' window. He see prison. Yeah. Right? But just, what, shit, two weeks ago, that same coon king of Coonington, Oh, yeah. Right? Was going in on... On young Kyrie Irving. Young Kyrie Irving for having... For sharing a tweet. Never really... No. Nothing. Establishing a belief. Just sharing a tweet. You go in on him. You go in. Two weeks later, you Can't are find the no empathy. Biggest apologist in the motherfucking world... For this billionaire 80 year old white Jerry man. For Jerry Jones. Yeah. Right? And again, right? When he's standing in the picture. He's in the photograph. It's physically not, being racist. He didn't share the tweet. He showed up to the party. It was him. It was him. It was him. It's me, nigga. I don't like you niggas. Hate you niggas. I hate you niggas. I'm putting cases on all you niggas. Putting cases. You niggas are the bane of black people's existence. Y'all are the biggest problem we got right now, Joe. Right? But, but, and, and check it out. Joe Buttons ish. Yeah. Yeah. Ice, they had the same conversation. Yeah. And one of the arguments they make, and this shit, again, like I said, it bothers me from the context of where we have these conversations. They share shit like he was 14. I know niggas that went to the penitentiary at 14. Come on. Right? I know niggas who lost their lives Come at on. 14. Come on. You know what I mean? We don't make or, or have empathy for them. That's a choice they made. Same fucking Joe Budden shows makes jokes about the rappers in that world like, yeah. I won't stand next to them rappers because of the decisions and the choices they make. Right. Right? But then you apologize and don't recognize them as victims of a system. Right? Don't recognize them as victims of a system that Jerry Jones perpetual, yes. perpetuated in their making. Yes. He's a part of that conversation. Yes. Right? I think it was, was the Pac-Man Jones pay for them? Yes. So it must have been Pac-Man Jones, who they referenced. And he was like, Jerry Jones made me a man. I hate you niggas, right? I hate you niggas because your only context of manhood in the first fucking place is how close I can get to white money. That's it. Right? And that shit makes my ass itch. You irritate the fuck out of me, right? But we never had a conversation of race from the context of it being a systemic Right. Situation. Right. It's a systemic problem. The construct. You can't opt in or opt out. It is what it is. It just is. It is. Right? It just is. You ain't got to be guilty, but you are responsible. Yes. Now, when the motherfucker shows up in the picture, he's guilty and responsible. And responsible. Right? We cannot be apologists for that behavior. When he continues to be an architect of said system, not just, you know, a, a unwitting member of it, an architect of it. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. You are the Same person who came you, out. I dare you kneel. Right. I dare any of my players kneel in protest of police violence and racial profiling against black people. I wish any one of you niggas that I own, not one of my niggas. Same motherfucker funding the Trump campaigns. Not one of my niggas. Not my niggas. Okay. These my niggas. My niggas gonna, my niggas gonna act good, boss. My nigga's gonna do as told around here. And Pac-Man Jones, 
Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. And a host of, and the myriad of all the other motherfuckers is praising Jerry Jones. Let me explain something to you, because y'all motherfuckers got this shit confused. They don't get it. Right? He will continually pay you, and Pac-Man Jones will continually support and praise this motherfucker as making him a man, because he has the sense to understand that every dollar that he puts in your pocket. I get a hundred coming back. You gonna reinvest every one of them bitches right back to him and his people. Therein lies the flaw in your philosophies, you stupid motherfuckers. You stupid. But not only your money, only money I give you coming back to me, but just me paying you to do something I need you to do is going to pay me a hundred times when I'm paying you to do it. Period. You, y'all go out there and kick that little football thing around. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to give y'all a million dollars. I'm going to make a billion. You know what I'm saying? It's an investment, bro. There's a difference between depreciation and appreciation. Every time he puts a dollar investment into something football-wise, yeah. it's an appreciating product. Because you're going to bring it right the fuck back. They just paid Dak Prescott, their quarterback, like $300 million. I gave him $300 million. How much do you think I'm getting? That's off, right. off him being here. Off him being here, then that same $300 million that he gave you is coming back coming to my back. people. It's still coming back. It's coming back in the forms of houses that you buy. You ain't buying a house in- Jerry Jones is oil money, too. It pays off in the cars you buy. It pays off in the clothes you buy. It pays off in the Balenciaga conversation. Come on. Right? We don't think about this shit because we just, because our only value in this motherfucking journey of life is to be in proximity to whiteness. And that shit, like I said, it makes my ass itch. I'm so embarrassed by you coon ass niggas who will not pick up a fucking book, who will not pay attention to the lives you lead. The goddamn fact that they call him an owner puts in perspective who the fuck you are. The relationship is clear. The relationship is clear, right? And you motherfuckers won't jeopardize a play, a down, a dollar for some fucking principle. No. You cool with being owned. You cool I, with I being owned. I don't like you niggas, man. I really don't like you No, they, they irk my soul, and they don't understand. And it's more y'all than it is me, and that makes it worse. Yeah, they, they, they don't understand the, the lines of demarcation. They don't understand staying on code. I don't give a fuck, okay? I don't give a fuck what you and Jerry Jones' personal relationship is. First of all, I can tell you what it is, all right? I can at least tell you what your professional relationship is. Um, but whatever you want to say about y'all's personal relationship, it ain't about that. This is about being on code for right and wrong on this racist shit. Yeah. That's it. Shout out to Uncle Beach, man. Uncle Beach always tells us this story about our model specific book. Mm-hmm. And Art Modell's the owner of the Cleveland Browns for whom uh, Uncle Walt played for. The right, and he told Uncle Walt, man, you book on my team. And Uncle Walt told Art Modell, he said, I'm a f- I am play football. I'm not a football player. Right. Right? This shit don't define me, bro. Right. You don't tell me what the fuck I can I play and can't on your read. football team. That's it. Other That's than that. That's it. I just play on your football team. You don't team. tell me shit else, Jack. That's it, bro. That's it. That level of masculinity, that level of manhood doesn't exist when you a bitch to the threat of losing money. Yes. When that's right. all that matters. That's all that matters. When Uncle Walt made that statement, there was a clear understanding that there was a threat of him oh, losing yeah. that opportunity. Nobody comes and say something like that to you as the owner at your job without it being an implied threat. That's real. You know what I'm saying? And and Uncle Walt understood that full well and still was like, nigga, I'm gonna read what I want. Who the fuck you think you're talking to? Yeah. I'm a man. I'm not. I'm not a football I can player. Can't read. I'm a man that plays football. That's I'm not real. a football player. 
That's real shit, man. And, and you motherfuckers define yourselves. These niggas are sports analysts and football players. That's it. Manhood is somewhere after that. Way after that. Okay? It is somewhere after that. I and, don't care if it's second blackness, or blackness, I don't think blackness make the list. What? What is that? You motherfuckers throw up every time you think of yourselves as being black. That shit is somewhere way down the list of, of value and importance in this conversation. And it's ridiculous, man. Just, just, just stay on code. You don't have to say shit. You don't have to. To say shit, if 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 you cool with him, cool. Don't say shit. I ain't got, I, ain't, I ain't got shit to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it was Eddie Murphy was talking about his uncle or something married to a white woman. Can't stand why he's like. Don't get me wrong. If the revolution come, I kill her I first. Kill it was Chris first. Rock. It was Chris. If the revolution come, I kill her first. Like, hey man, stay on code. This ain't about your one individual personal relationship. I fucking love Jake. If it's going to be a black and white conversation and they like Jake did something bogus, either I'm going to be like, yeah, Jake was bogus as fuck. Or I'm not going to say shit because Jake is my man. I'm not going to be like, no, he's a good one. No, he stop doing this stupid shit, okay? Like, motherfucker was 14 years old, man. But again, and that's what I mean about having... How, we, how, how many times we judge 14-year-old black kids up and down the street all day long? But I think it's the way we had a conversation, right? I hate... We don't even have to have a personal conversation. We can talk directly to the system of supremacy. Right. Right? Let's talk about it. But then you cannot double back and attack a Kyrie Irving in the way that you attack Kyrie Irving without there being no real reason for attack. It's You it, can't coddle the motherfucker. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Right? You coddle the motherfucking kidnapper while blaming the motherfucker who's been kidnapped. Yeah. You it's fucking disgusting, bro. It it is it is blind at best. And that takes us to eyes wide shut for this episode. You talked about this Balenciaga shit and just how they always show up. And I think the whole thing is just clear evidence of people being eyes wide shut. You seeing the thing, but you ain't really seeing it. Like your eyes open, but you not you not looking. Um, and I think that that continues to happen. But after a while. Nobody even hides it from you no more. Like, if I keep putting it in your face and you ain't going to do shit about it, you ain't got no impact, whatever. Eventually, I ain't, gotta, I ain't even got to hide it no more. We're going to sit it right here. This is what it is. And every time they've ever tested us or anybody, they found out that they can do it with impunity. And as long as you continue to reinforce that, they're going to continue to double down on it. This particular Balenciaga thing ain't even a race thing. This is just we can do whatever the fuck we want at this point. This is child pornography. They got little white girls in a Balenciaga campaign holding BDSM dolls that got leather and bandage and handcuffs and chokers and shit with these little kids. There's also reports that within the ad, you can see like paperwork and shit from a, from real child pornography cases. Like, what? this is, I don't give a fuck. We can do whatever we want. And it works because already you got the parents of some of these little girls that was in the ads. The father is like, the photo shoot was fine. I had no problem with it. The kids had a great time. What? What? It bothers me how addicted we are to 
the idea of luxury mm-hmm. to the idea of what a victory is to the, the idea. idea of what good is. Come on. Right. This past weekend, I watched a, 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 a Netflix show about, what's her name, Jesleen? Hesleen? What's the dude who's the, 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 the pedophile, quote-unquote, Jeffrey Epstein? Mm-hmm. So I watched a, a Netflix show about Hesleen, or Jesleen, have you said that name, mm-hmm. the, the chick that was involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you start to get into her story more in-depthly, right, this one was educated at Oxford. Right. She's the daughter of an a, a, a English media baron, right? And his whole story was about how he kind of just, like, took advantage of women, right? Uh, real chauvinistic kind of a motherfucker, real arrogant, real, you know, married to some woman for X amount of years while fucking on young girls the duration of his life. Right. And his mom, I mean, the wife and the children, and everybody just kind of accepted this lifestyle, right? And they talked about the girl herself, like, throughout her years, right? She was very, like, sexually aggressive. Like, this is young, young, high school, college, all this type of shit. She would come to parties, and she's just, like, outwardly sexual, say nasty shit, just to get a rise out of the mother. How you going to respond kind of motherfucker, right? Yeah, But she's the daughter of uber wealth, Right? Hung out with the 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 royal court. Hung out with the who's who of every socialite uh, uh, environment. Yeah. Right. Moved to New York. Same shit. I was in the socialite kind of ram. X Y Z valuable. Come to find out, the old man was embezzling money. Shit go bad. He died. They go broke. Mm. But she's a socialite. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm used to a certain lifestyle. I'm, certain, I'm used to I'm a outside. certain kind of lifestyle. Right. I'm outside, right? So they say Jeffrey Epstein comes around when she's broke, mm-hmm. right? She attaches herself to Epstein, right? There's rumors circulating in the socialite circle about their relationship, right? At first, he's inviting her friends to come through. He's trying to fuck on her friends. And she's vouching for this shit. She's advocating for this shit. I don't know who's down, who ain't down. I don't know them stories. Right. I'm sure some motherfuckers was committed to going. Some motherfuckers probably wasn't committed to going. Right. But either way, the rumors start to circulate within that circle. Hey, man, they got some weird shit going on over there. You know what I mean? But Hesleen, or Jesleen, have you say the fuck her name, she's fully committed to dude. I don't know if she loves dude or he looks like Captain Sabo. I don't know. Right? But she is his entree, even though he comes with the money. And the backstory on him about how he got his money is some weird shit, too. It only happens to white people. Mm-hmm. Right? But he's, she's his entree into the socialite atmosphere. Right. Even though he got the bread, he ain't part of the group. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And being part of the group is what validates the fucking bread. Mm-hmm. Ain't no purpose to have the bread if you ain't mm-hmm. part of the goddamn group. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So she gives him entree. So they both valuable to each other. They're using each other. You know what I mean? After a while, she's getting comfortable and more comfortable in the relationship, but she understands she has a role here. You bring the bitches. That's your role. Fabulous said, what good is having cake if it ain't got the sweet frosting? That's what it is, right? <laughs> you bring the bitches. And I like little bitches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So she's legitimately having conversation within this socialite circle. Like, yeah, 
Jeffrey likes young girls. She, there was one motherfucker that quoted said he she told him he has a medical condition, but he has to orgasm three times a day. And they have to be and they have to induced be, by twelve year olds. They have to be young girls. And the woman was like, and this is her take on the story. Right. Like I thought she was joking. Who the fuck Nobody jokes like, like that? that? Right? You can't make up a joke like that. Then this nigga dude, like to come three times on 12-year-olds? Then the dude comes in. He was like, you know, people in the socialized circle kind of protects people in the socialized circle. Right? This thing of ours, a secret society, all we ask is trust. All that shit is community in general. Right? Good, bad, and different. That's how community operates. But in that luxury socialized circle, it's ruled by trauma. It's ruled by trauma because the very basis of being one of them motherfuckers is hoarding wealth. Exactly. That's why Shislene, whatever the five fucking name, Jesseline, right, will sacrifice whatever I got to sacrifice to not lose out on being a part of this group. So if Jeffrey wants me to peruse Manhattan at three o'clock, looking for young girls, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. You know what I mean? And all you socialite motherfuckers in the socialite circle accepted it. Right? And the motherfuckers is below that group do everything in their power to aspire to be a part of that group. That's what keeps them insulated. That shit is some sick shit, bro. The aspirations to be them, to be in their positions, to be in those rooms, to be in those spaces, that aspiration from everybody else is what keeps them insulated from judgment, from prosecution, because that is utopia up there. That is the chosen land. Can't shit be wrong? Yeah. Shit good? And that Balenciaga fuck shit, right? This ain't a new story, right? No. You get into white history and right understanding and understanding the Roman philosophies and culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this shit is very normative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very normative thing. Like, this is a lot. It's legacy-induced. That's real. You know what I mean? That's real. A lot of that shit is wrapped around some of these theories and shit. And it's like, even the Balenciaga shit, right? So, and, and it's a juxtaposition, of course, right? Kanye comes out and says, I'm going to go whatever the fuck he said. I'm going to go whatever on the Jews. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. DEFCON 3. DEF 3 on the Jews. Instant backlash. Right, Adidas drops his ass in 24 hours. Right, not only did they drop his ass in 24 hours, then they said, We still gonna sell your product, you bitch ass nigga. Fuck you, right? Right, do something, do something, right? Balenciaga, the same motherfuckers that Damn, own Balenciaga on YSL, mm-hmm. they own Gucci, they own all the shit niggas aspire. All the fake competing bullshit we be on, all comparing the labels. They go, I don't give a fuck which all one you like, shit. it's all mine. I wonder who's gonna drop it. Who's going to drop the brand? Who's going to stop rocking the brand? No one. Right. Which one of y'all is going to take a stand? I ain't even saying niggas. I'm saying people in general, right? The lady came out. What's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis, the one who used to do the Halloween movies? Mm-hmm. She came out and said they need to take Kanye's kids away from him for the shit he said. Yeah. I want to hear the voices come, come out and say, whoever the motherfucking French designer is who owns all this shit, they need to take his kids away. Yeah. They need to take his access away. They need to stop selling Gucci. They need to stop saying why selling why I sell. They need to stop selling Balenciaga. And that bullshit ass lawsuit that Balenciaga has against the motherfucking media company put put out the ass. Suck a dick. That ain't how that world works. No. All of them ads got to get okay by the motherfucker who's paying the media company. Period. You know exactly what the fuck is in them photos. Period. Period. 
before it ever even got before to before anybody else saw that shit. Before it you left knew. Balenciaga, you knew you bitch ass, you knew, and you with it. Who the fuck is your creative director even think to do some shit like this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's nah, it's fuck shit. What happened? Yo, Mike, now. Yo, they suing the company for like twenty million or some shit. I heard. You know what? Balenciaga is suing the ad company who who produced the ads. But my argument is, no ad company has the power to put out the goddamn advertisements. The ad company takes the photos, they make the campaign, they do all the concepts, and then they sell it or they yeah. have to get approved by the company themselves. Somebody signed this. That shit, shit Somebody passed turned through it in. several different hands, and everybody was good with the shit. Everybody took their check and kept it rolling. From the photographer to the creative director to the producers to whoever over the fucking project to whoever sent it to the whatever magazine. Like, everybody complicit. Everybody. Get the fuck out of here, man. Shit is sad. But it's just, it's indicative of, of, of where we are, man. You had, um, like I said, the father came out in complete defense of this campaign that they got your daughter in a child porn at campaign. And you cool with it because the check was decent and she Same had shit. fun. It's sick, bro. Same shit with the R. Kelly case. She though. had fun. She don't fucking know she in a child porn ad. You fucking do, though. She thinks she playing with dolls and chains. Yeah, man, but when everything's for sale, morality can't exist. That's facts. Right? You can't tell me they didn't sell them little girls to R. Kelly. You can't tell me they didn't. They sold yeah. them little girls. Yeah, everything is transactional. Right? Everything's transactional. And then we wonder why the fuck we sick. Because everything's fucking transactional. Mm-hmm. If everything's for sale, then you don't have any morals. Ain't no value, ain't no morals, ain't no right or wrong. It's just power. Just it. I can or I can't. This shit is all a sliding right scale of how much I need and how much you can afford. That's it. That's it, bro. That's it. You have um, Billy Porter, right? Popular actor, black guy, be in the dresses and all that, hosting events. Um, successful at what he does and just on the topic of you know this pushing of this you know homosexual norm he's like it ain't it's the parents who are not ready the children are ready for this the parents aren't ready so they push back against it but the children are ready for bring on all the gay shit and children are ready for whatever the children can be ready for the dope game if I make them be ready for the dope game and we do. And we do. You know what I'm saying? You could, you could be in the crib bagging up by six years old. You don't even know what it is. Take some of that. Put it on that thing. When that thing say 28, put all that in this bag. Do that until all that's gone. I do okay. You, I do you one better. You don't even need that. All you need is a rapper parading around saying this is what it is. True. Right? And I got the same disdain for you motherfuckers. Right, the devil's the devil, G. I don't, I don't give a fuck. The mm-hmm. devil's the devil, bro. And I'm I'm tired of us justifying bullshit behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not only the justification of the bullshit behaviors, but getting back to the Balenciaga thing, getting back to the Jerry Jones thing. The only motherfucker who have to suffer the consequences of those behaviors and actions is us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. A white gay male has every opportunity to be everything he wants to fucking be. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the fuck you say. Right, I got a, I got gay cousins who tell me about private investment groups that I know I held and heralded by white men who are making oogles of money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
That's not the case for your black ass. Mm-hmm. Right? We got less than 2% representation in the private sector. The game is rigged, bro. The shit ain't fair. Right. The shit ain't fair. Right. Right? So while you fighting for those freedoms, the real freedoms that we need to be fighting for or the real understandings that we, we, we should be fighting for, we leave on the wayside. We don't give a fuck. School's crumbling. Kids dying. We don't give a fuck. Ain't nobody on the front lines for that shit. I'm just looking for my way out. I'm just looking for my way out. The first way out, that's that's the way I'm going. If it's catching the football, then I'm down on that hill and Jerry Jones is not racist. If it's being a sports analyst, then I'm down on that hill and Jerry Jones is not racist. If it's being a gay person, then I'm down on that hill and there's nothing wrong with the homosexual agenda. Right? The kids are ready for it. Bring on all the shit. Like, it's 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 unfortunate. Hey man. Just like anything else, man, if you're not rooted in it, you can be easily swept away. What the, my problem with this is, it's not, it's not universal, right? In terms of the like we talk about right and wrong, right and wrong is subjective to power. Whenever the fuck I say it's right, it's right. When I say it's wrong, it's wrong. And so it don't matter if, if we've been locking y'all ass up for decades for weed. Once I figure out I can make beans off of it. Weed is perfectly legal, and it's going to be legal while your ass is still locked up for weed. Like, it's, it's crazy as hell, dog. But that's just kind of how it go. So you got Billy Porter on the one hand, children are ready. On another hand, you got a federal judge who denied the 19-year-old, denied a 19-year-old woman. In Missouri. In Missouri from being able to go and be and attend her father's execution. He was on death row. Uh, he uh, was convicted of killing the cop, and he was on death row. He's going to die by lethal injection. His 19-year-old adult daughter wanted to go and attend to be with her father uh, as he passed away so he didn't die alone. Federal judge blocks her from being able to go. Yeah, She's not old enough to make such a decision. While other judges Children are, are ready for deciding. dicks and pussies. And right, well, you could pick your gender at 13. Right. 12. I, I can decide if I'm a boy or girl at 10. Yeah, Zaya Wade's about to be woman of the year. Zaya Wade's about to be woman of the year. She's certainly one of the candidates to be woman of the year. I don't know when the last time an actual woman won woman of the year. <laughs> no, they women. I don't know when the last time someone who was born a woman won woman of the year. Gee, this, you know, again, I'm not no biblical scholar. I don't even fuck with Mystery Scott Daddy. Right, but when you start to Women look should be at, offended. But when you start to look at Niggas is out women in y'all. Like Sodom and Gomorrah, when all, rules are important, barriers and parameters are important, and when you erase them motherfuckers f- across the board, what do you have? Right? It's just chaotic. Can you imagine taking the gender, taking gender out of like nature? The world would end immediately. You take gender out of nature, from like wildlife and everything else, plant life, whatever. The world will be over. Yeah, I know this meets the ears harshly because we've been conditioned to think of it a certain kind of way, right? But that conditioning is interesting, right? You can normalize anything, like as we like to say, because we are here in Chicago, right? And I've lived in Chicago my whole life. We've normalized violence and death by gunshot. It's not alarming to us, Mm-mm. right? We don't think nothing of it. I tell a story all the time. My first homie who actually died of natural causes, I was like, how the fuck did that happen? Right. What is that? I'd been to 15 funerals pre that instance, and I didn't give a fuck. 
Right? And I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm saying that's how the conditioning that's what it is. works. Right. You can normalize any fucking behavior. Right. You know what I mean? And you follow suit, healthy or unhealthy. Yeah. Right? I I I, I, use, I tell a story about not liking Chinese food. I go to China, it's all the fuck they got. Chinese food becomes delicious. When you wrong. fucking adjust. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Same shit happens here. Everything that you allow into your body has an effect on you. When they're right? wrong. And we're responding to the messages that are being permeated and, and planted in our psyches. And we go with them. We go with them without any type of pushback on it. Without no and question. I think, I think everything deserves pushback. We give you a hard time as the pushback king on the show, but I think it's value in pushing back against shit. Even when you push back against shit, I say, and we ultimately end up agreeing to disagree on it, still think there's value in the fucking pushback. We don't push back on shit. We accept everything at face value. Jerry Jones is not racist because he owns 100 black people. What? <laughs> make that make sense. Listen to what the fuck you just said. You know what I'm saying? He's not racist because he owns 100 black people. That's comical. You know what I'm saying? That's real shit. It's fucking crazy. That's real shit. Like, it don't, it, 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 it don't make sense. But meanwhile, you flip that thing, and when in Rome, you do as the Romans do, and so it don't matter if you're in Chicago and what the Romans do in Chicago is accept violence and murder. That's what black Chicago accepts. When in Rome. So we all, to some level, accept the shit. You drive down the street, you see a bunch of police cars, you see red tape, you're like, hmm, somebody once got killed over there. And you keep fucking driving. Like, it don't throw your day off at all. You know what I'm saying? When you from America, and you fucking white, and you 70 or 80, you don't have a healthy respect of black people because that was not the way of Rome, period. And so the way of Rome was for 14-year-olds to rally against black kids. It's the way of the world. However, the difference is they stay on code no matter what. It doesn't matter how heinous of an act it is. They stay on code. A fucking police officer from Virginia went to California catfishing an 11-year-old girl on the internet. It's a grown-ass man currently a police officer in Virginia catfishing on the internet. An 11-year-old girl flies his, flies his goofy ass to California to meet this 11-year-old girl. Goes to her house kills three people in her house and set the house on fire. Her grandparents and somebody else kidnaps the little girl, takes her away. Ultimately, he's in, uh, encountered by the police. There's a gunfight. He's killed in the gunfight. But when I say they stay on code, not a single, not a single fucking report, not a single headline from this story said a police officer from Virginia Travels to California to catfish a 11-year-old girl. I said, somebody on the internet catfishes kid. And like three people died. And it's like, wait, what? You got to read it again. Like, why wouldn't y'all say police officer, right, abducts, attempts to fucking child molest, rape, 11-year-old girl and kills her grandparents. 
Because they upholders of said system. We uphold the system in the face of whatever. It don't matter. It ain't even about dude. Fuck him. We'll kill him dead. Where we is, already was, killed him dead. And we still going to protect the shield. He was from Virginia? Yeah, he's a cop in Virginia. So just recently, a, 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 a squadron of police officers got caught on tape saying outrageously ignorant and racist. Yeah. Shit, right? Not that that's abnormal. It's not right. like that's new information. Right. Right. But these motherfuckers get caught on the on the on the on the on the walkie talkies mm -hmm. or trans mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. The body and cams too. With all the shit that they get caught on and they get fired. Mm -hmm. Right? One of these motherfuckers feels like he's unjustly fired. Yeah. Right? So he wants to take the case to court. Sincerely. Because he takes the case to court, they have to open the records to all of the tapes that was there, right? After hearing the tapes. The judge in the case said, I cannot allow these tapes to hit media airways because it will cause hysteria. It's too much. This shit is that bad. It's too much. Right? We're going to protect the shield at all costs, Joe. Yeah. Again, it's a system, though. Right? There's a system and there's an understanding, like I said. You might not even be directly guilty, but you're responsible. Yes. Right, you still responsible. That judge understands that I'm a part of this system. I can't have the people thinking this way of said system. I gotta uphold it, even if this is the truth of said I system. I gotta uphold it. It don't matter. Same reason why they I allow stay Stephen on code. A. Smith to be Stephen A. Smith. Yes. Why they allow LeBron to be your fucking hero? Yes. I, it's funny, man. I've been teetering with writing this article, and I ain't really figured out how to say what I want to say. Mm hmm. But the title of it is, What Happens to a Reactionary People When There's Nothing to React To? And what I mean by that is, is that racism has changed forms. The shit is so subtle now that you don't even understand that you are under attack. Mm. Right? Like, think about this shit, man. I grew up in a time where we had, you could see Khalid Muhammad on Donahue. Mm -hmm. This is motherfucking daytime television. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a time where Farrakhan could be on Donahue, daytime television. These are motherfuckers, some of the most thought-provoking, brilliant, challenging motherfuckers. Outwardly pro-black. Outwardly revolutionary. Truth-tellers. Challenge, challenging said system, mm -hmm. right? When I ask the question about who becomes black leadership today, and the, the answer is the Stephen A. Smiths, the LeBron Jameses, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. Jay-Zs for that matter, mm -hmm. right? And they're not going to rock the boat no way because it always threatens their economic stability. That's it. Right? But these are who the children look to. Right? I mentioned names like, shit, Malcolm X. Motherfuckers don't know who that is. Right. Right? right. If I go down the line like a Stokely Carmichael, it's like, what? Now you really speak The fuck Spanish. is you talking yeah. about? Right? Yeah. And I, I bring this forth because that energy resonates. You understand me? Mm -hmm. I sat at the foot of Farrakhan at the final call when he was on 79th. Mm -hmm. Right? I got to believe that that had some fucking effect on me. Mm -hmm. You know of course. what I mean? I sat at the feet of Jesse Jackson, the Operation Push on Saturday mornings. That had to have some effect on me. Mm -hmm. If all I knew was little herb raps. Right. That had some effect too. If I was too. only exposed to these thought processes that only are based in idolatry and, 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 and materialism. Right? I was thinking about this shit. Like, I'm really being sincere. Yeah. What happens to a reactionary people when there's nothing to react to? And I'm thinking about it in this mm. context, G. Mm. Right? In regards to politics, there's no villain, there's no hero. Mm -hmm. We ain't paying attention. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm looking at it across the board, right? Even recently, and I don't, and maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just getting old and I've opted out of some of these scenes. I don't hear the LeBron, who's the best ball player, the way that I used to hear when I was a kid, mm-hmm. or when I wasn't a middle-aged adult. Right. I don't hear who's the best rapper. Con- I don't even hear conversations. Right. It's just everything goes. We ain't challenging When I want your shit. opinion, I'll give it to you. When I want your opinion, I'll give it Therefore, to you. Therefore, there is no debate. There's Ain't nothing to debate, debate about. It's nothing to debate I about. I told you what it is. I told you what it is. And we just it's that. go. It's that. It's that. It's what it is. That's dangerous than the motherfucker, bro. It's dangerous, and that is how you end up seeing, you know, cops I, flying wait, across the country. To I saw some shit the other day that said LeBron James was the greatest fucking Laker. I saw that by a mile. The vote. In comparison to who? The vote was by a mile. No, no, no. I'm lying. I'm lying. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I saw Kobe was the best one. I didn't see the LeBron. They had LeBron James as the greatest. Wow. Leader, right? Wow. I don't give a fuck. He's not you. top five. Look. Not top five, He's not bro. top five. Greatest Lakers? Greatest Lakers. He's top five greatest players. In, he's not top five greatest Lakers, though. That's a different conversation. Right? If you can compartmentalize what I'm saying, how can you say he's a top five greatest player and not? Because it's a different conversation. You're talking you, about the greatest Lakers. You're talking Kobe Bryant. That the league would exist without Magic. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Yes. Like basketball existed before Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Yeah. But Magic Johnson like and Larry Bird Took revolutionized the game. And why did they revolutionize the Black game? Black and white. Racism. 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 That's why they handpicked them to be who they were and, and where, where they, they were. were. Okay? Where right. they were. Right. Put the Showtime flashy nigga. From Detroit or from Michigan in LA. Put the Hickory Hills white boy from middle of nowhere, Indiana, in Boston and let them play in the finals every fucking year until the end of time. Period. Including their senior year in college when they played for the 79 championship, Indiana State versus Michigan State. Yeah, period. But again, we're not students in that kind of a way. We don't even know the history of the game. No. Like that shit was in desperate need of some energy. And they bought it, and they sold you the show. Even if they wasn't the greatest players, they made them the show. That was it. Boom. Boom. And the NBA fucking exploded. The league exploded. It was it was the WWF finding The Rock versus Stone Cold. That's the fucking loop. They don't have to be the greatest wrestlers. It don't fucking matter. And I'm not saying the niggas could, ain't the greatest hoopers. Right. But they don't have to be. They don't have to it's be. It's this rivalry. It's these clashing energies. We can create this brand off of this energy. And it's going to go. Right. And then they hit the fucking lottery five years later in 84 when this Michael Jeffrey Jordan kid arrives. And since that point in time, the league has always had to be on the backs of some player. They understand it. But before Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, that was not the concept. They thought the game could do it. They thought the game could do it. Have check and bounce passes. The fuck out of here. That's not going to do it, my G. Fuck out of here. It's not going to do it. Greatest Kareem is, Magic Johnson is the greatest fucking Laker. Because without Magic Johnson, the NBA probably wouldn't fucking exist today. And Larry Bird. That's true. And racism. And racism. Period. Very, very good point. I would take Kobe. But that's a very good point about the, the state of the league, but for Magic Johnson. But for Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, there would be no NBA. They had to have it. They had to have it. They had to have it. Right when they had to have it. Right when they had to have it. They had to have it. That shit was it. some Channel 19 shit, family. Yeah. The NBA was some Ch- Crow TV shit. Yeah. Right? That was like going to watch this motherfucking how, Harlem play diet. This is how regular the NBA was. My eighth grade coach, my grammar school coach, 
was in the NBA. My grandfather was. He was in the NBA. The nigga played for the Bulls and delivered mail. <laughs> <laughs> and he could hoop to be a 60-something-year-old dude. It's real shit. He could shoot it and hoop and shit. It's real Mr. shit. Mr. Carter, but he played for the, they were the San Francisco Warriors at the time or some shit. Yeah. Real shit, though. Yeah. That's real shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's different, man. Uh, that's wild. Uncle Craig, Daddy Boulay for the best. Yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different times. Different times. Different times. Um, but we think that shit is eons away. It's not. We no. Talk, we're talking Uncle about- Uncle fucking comes on here. We're talking about 1979 when all that shit shifted. When the money and shit shifted. They blew up the game and exploded to a way where now the money became- so different to where I got to really think about this black shit now, okay? Because before then, Kareem, Bill Russell, they all went with Uncle Walt to the Ali Summit. You know what I'm saying? These are the best of the best. Jim Brown, but relative to the money today, I mean, they made more money than the average person, but, but I'm, relative I'm, to the money today, I'm only they was the committed to some other shit. In contrast to time, though. Like oh. Uncle Walt got two Super Bowl rings, G. We talking 40... 43 right. years ago when we that shit changed. talked to Uncle Walt often. Yeah. This ain't no in the past. We can call him right now. We can call him right motherfucking now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how fast information travels and the way technology works and how stupid we are because we won't invest in whatever, whomever they are, mm -hmm. say becomes law. What happens to a reactionary people when there's nothing to react to, to react because to. they've made it law to not give you any energy to react to? You blinded. You blinded, bro. <sighs> Shit is fucked up, Joe. Shit is fucked up. Shit is super fucked up. Um, it leads to modern day lynching. Right? I can calm you down enough so I can get back to my real shit. You know what I'm saying? So now... I know it's safe enough for Jerry Jones racist pictures to come out now. Who gives a fuck? What you niggas gonna do? Nothing. In fact, all you talking head niggas is gonna support me and say I'm not. So it don't even fucking matter no more. Yeah. We can get back to the shit now. We can get back to the real shit. We can lynch niggas now. And um, Rasheen Carter, and Ifo, oh, you're gonna have to give me some of the facts on this one. Um, Rasheen Carter was missing for like 30 days. They ended up finding his body out in the woods somewhere. But the day in which he went missing, he had called his mom and was like, yo, it's these three white dudes. They've been following me. I'm super suspicious. If something happens to me, make sure y'all look into them for something happening to me. Yeah, that's the gist of it. His body was found a month after telling his mom that three white men were following him the day he went missing. I believe he was on foot. And they were in cars. He was going to like work a job, mm -hmm. and they were. Where was this? Do it say? Um, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, it does say. I had a different article I was looking at. My I'm, bad. I'll look it up in a minute. I'll look it up, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, missing Fayette man's remains found later in Smith County, um, wherever that is, North Carolina, or something like that. Yeah, Fayette, maybe Fayette, South Carolina. Um, I'll look it up Or maybe Louisiana um, maybe. That's Lafayette But anyway um, Either way um, Definitely in America And as you continue to be Wooed to sleep They just bring back the shit And put it in your motherfucking face Until 
it doesn't really matter no more until you get to the point where you start to see these stories that you scroll through your social media and be like, oh, and just keep scrolling. Whereas you used to stop, hashtag, repost, give some outrage. Now it's just like, uh, okay. It's like it hasn't changed, which is why the Jerry, what's his name? Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones. Which is why the Jerry Jones shit is just so fucked up. Yeah. Because you're okaying something that happened, you know, all these years ago saying that he's a different person. When all the he evidence changed. to the contrary that he's the same. He's the same person. The same. And so are a lot of these other motherfuckers. Right. Like, He fights y'all so tooth and nail about yeah. the collective bargaining agreement and about what y'all can get, what y'all can't get, what y'all can do, what y'all can't do. He is the biggest fighter of y'all on that shit. Keeping the plantation in the well, water. It's just interesting to me to see the juxtaposition, though, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't show the same empathy to Kyrie Irving. No. Right? Yeah. Shaq specifically talked about, you know, he didn't play with the COVID. He didn't. Man, I read a statistic, and I don't know how true this shit is, but they said 2021, 21% of the COVID deaths were uh, attributed to people who actually had the vaccine. Right, mm-hmm. 2022, nearing the end of 2023, that number has jumped to damn near 50% of COVID deaths are people with vaccines. So you got 50, I mean, you know, but nobody's going to come out and say, hey, man, this is the new numbers. Hey, man, hey, man, this is, that shit ain't part of the story. Shit. Either way, do it or don't. That Maybe. shit ain't part of the story because yeah. that's not being endorsed by the powers that be. You know what I mean? That's wild as hell. But nobody challenges the goddamn social norm. Yeah. Right, and we're losing power, right? And we're losing power because we're losing the attention of our people because we don't even have a people. Yeah. We only value capital, mm-hmm. right? So getting back to Ye's goofy ass, and this is point positive. Ain't nobody exempt. White motherfuckers, black motherfuckers, all you motherfuckers is getting on my nerves. Putting cases out on all you motherfuckers. All you motherfuckers, right? So Ye comes out, says what he says about the Jewish community. I made the statement early on. I said, I don't think that the statement is all that wrong. I just hate that it's this motherfucker saying it. Right. Right? Right. Because he's leveraging blackness like a motherfucker wears a T-shirt. He putting on his Nike T-shirt. He going to take this bitch off when it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right? He's not really identifying with blackness. Right. He wants to be identified with the billionaire class. That's what he wants. Whatever I got to use to get there, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. This goofball ass, clown ass, goof ass nigga the other day in a goddamn interview says, hey, hey, I realized, and he said it just like this, yeah. which makes it even worse for yes. me. You know what I mean? Hey, I realized, I thought I was Mark, he said, I thought I was Malcolm X. I thought I was Malcolm X, which is, I don't even know how you thought that, first of all. What the fuck? Because right? you said George Bush hate black people? What the fuck? But really, I was, I was Martin Luther King. They took X amount of billions of dollars out of my bank account, and what did I do? I did nothing. I feel like a dog is biting me. That's his reference point to being Dr. King and doing nothing. Let me first make this very clear. Martin Luther King was a motherfucking warrior. And I'm irritated by all you stupid motherfuckers who, who think don't otherwise. understand the construct of nonviolence. The man was a motherfucking warrior. Mm-hmm. Right? You coward ass niggas won't say nothing wrong against a system that might threaten your pockets. This motherfucker went out and faced death every day. There's a book called 1969 where Martin Luther King is talking to Ralph Abernathy the day before he died. Oh, yeah. And he said, man, I'm dying this week. You knew it. I'm going to die this week. I had a premonition. I'm going to die this week. Abernathy said, well, wait, man, let's chill out. You know, we ain't got to do these dates. Fuck that. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's coming. That's a motherfucking warrior. 
right? But you let the same media that you're afraid to say something negative about whitewash his visions and tell you who the fuck Dr. King was, and your stupid ass won't open the book, your stupid ass won't utilize YouTube, your stupid ass won't look at his goddamn documentary. Shut the fuck up! Wire quote loading. The great Omar told the police, he said, listen, in my game, you take some care and you play the safe as you can. But it ain't about no hiding forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. He said the game is out there. And it's either played or Or get played. played. That's it, Joe. That's it. They playing it regardless. Whether you scared in the corner or not. Joyously opting to be played, right? What makes you different than Kyrie? What makes you different than Kanye? And I mean it in this context. When you slip on the fucking banana peel, what makes you think they won't take from you? They will. Right? How long can you walk on the eggshell? Because the rules are, are, are changing. The rules moving. Kyrie said nothing. You don't even know what the banana is. You don't even know what the fuck the banana is. It's like what what Dave said at the end of the goddamn SNL skit. When it's the Italians, it's the mob. When it's the blacks, it's the gangs. When it's the Jews, it's coincidence. Period. Right? And I ain't even saying the Jews specifically. Cause I don't, I don't get it no. wrapped up in that dumb ass shit. No. What I'm saying is, it's protecting the, the, the powers that be, are the powers that be, right? And I've made this argument a thousand and fifteen hundred twelve times, right? Revolution, revolution don't got to be successful, but it's got to be necessary. It's necessary. You got to bring it. You got to bring necessary. it. It's necessary. I think the success is in launching it, right? You don't have to overcome. But you got to fucking fight. And we seeing the remnants of this lack of morality. I want to address this too, man. Because mm-hmm. the other day on Cottage Grove, two young boys stole a vehicle, came through barreling through 87th, crashed into another car, flipped the car they was in. The car instantly explodes, blows up, kills them both. I think it was eight or nine people was in critical condition from that shit. Gosh. Right? Yesterday, My on gosh. 87th and King Drive, I don't know. If, I don't know the details, but I think it was a road rage incident. A 49-year-old man was shot in his head while driving a car, crashed into one of the parking lots on 49th. I mean, on 87th and King Drive, came to college. Right? Maybe a month ago, two months ago, my aunt's car was stolen on the low end. Young boy stole that car, got to from like 43rd to 47, crashed into another woman's car, killed the woman instantly. We are seeing the remnants of our disconnectivity from one another. Right, the average age of a Chicago cop thief is between 11 and 15. I want you to put that in perspective, right? A motherfucking 11 year old putting a pistol to your face to take a vehicle from you, right? My daughter's 13, I see her as a baby. Donut in the wire was a car thief master. They was 12, 13 years old. He was riding around in Escalades and Range Rovers and X5s and all kind of shit. He was just stealing the car, crashing in the shit. Cop broke his fingers when he caught him. For me, this all gets back to what happens to a reactionary people when there's nothing to react to, right? Traditionally, we've been left out of opportunity and we've made pathways, right? And we've made pathways through a plethora of things. But in my generation, we made a pathway through the underworld, mm-hmm. right? Crack cocaine sponsored a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. That's the facts. Right, rap is a is a the remnant. numbers. Rap music is a remnant of crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. 
no matter how you cut it, right? Because it was that motherfucker who was getting the money who got behind the motherfucker to get your ass in the studio, right? And rap music is probably the most profitable industry for black people, I don't know, since Pullman Porters. Mm. Like, we don't think of it like that, but mm, mm-hmm. it is. When you think about it from an industry mm-hmm. standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Ain't too many Jerry Joneses in rap. And I mean that in the sense that it ain't just the motherfucker performing. It's 15, 20, 30 other motherfuckers behind him. It's usually eating off him that's black, right? Dope funded that, right? Well, it ain't different for white America. It ain't, but dope. Dope, dope ain't as accessible in the hood no more. Motherfuckers ain't getting high like that no more. Not right. that kind of high. Right. right? They've legalized marijuana, so they've cut the shorties out of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right? You go to you go to you go to South Holland. Oh, I don't even want to say South Holland. Let's think about some West suburbs where it's white people. Mm-hmm. Right? Naperville. You go to Naperville and shit like that, and you pull up to the McDonald's, you're gonna see 15, 16, 17 years working there. Mm-hmm. You go to the McDonald's on 63rd Street, you're gonna 45, see 35, 40, 55 year old niggas there. That's a, there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. right? Because there is no teenage economy when everybody's struggling. Yeah, ain't nothing for you. Ain't nothing for you, B. So the streets become the only option. Now you're but as the cars, dope is drying the fuck pills. up, you got to get, get another hustle, right? With dope, it was kind of almost victimless because the dope fiends wanted the dope. Right. Right? right? But now that that market's dried up, they coming in your motherfucking house. Eventually, they're going to knock on your door. One of the things Herb says he's always loved, from a quote that I made a long time ago on a video we was on, I said, if it takes me to be out here raising every one of these little motherfuckers so that my son have a fair chance in life, then that's what the fuck I'm going to do. We've left our post. These are the remnants of us leaving our post. And we've left our post for a myriad of reasons but no matter how you slice it, it all is rooted back into Comes the back. comfort mm-hmm. of the expectation Thanks. of falling in line with things and materialism and the quote-unquote American way. And we've left our children to in the rear view. In the rear view, G. And, and we see it. It's, 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 it's super unfortunate, man. And, and I, don't know, I don't know the way back when everybody is so enthralled by the aspiration of bread. I don't I don't know the way back as a collective. I know my own individual way to not be succumb or not to succumb to the shit, but collectively I don't I don't see it. When when the most popular amongst us are buying and selling this shit hook, line, and sinker. You know what I'm saying? And if LeBron is doing it, or if the biggest person in sports media is doing it as far as black people. This this has to be the right thing to do. I'm going to go back to the MC Search quote. When he looked out of Nas' window and he saw Manhattan, he saw promise. Mm -hmm. When Nas looked out his window and he saw Manhattan, he saw his home as a prison. All you got to do is stop letting Manhattan define your circumstances. Mm. It changes both of those perspectives instantly. Mm. Why don't you find this desirable? Fuck what's happening over there. Fuck what's happening over there. This the shit. I'm here. I'm this, where my feet are. I'm where my feet are. Right. This is the shit. That shit ain't got nothing to do with me. Every time I talk about like like what I do when I visit somewhere, people are like, well, why the fuck did you do that? Because that's what I find valuable. Like, yeah, I've been to Manhattan. Cool. I spent time in Manhattan this time too. But the majority of my time, I spent it in fucking Harlem and Queens because that's what I find valuable. 
being around us. Fuck these lights. Fuck these buildings. Fuck these. There go such and such. There go such and such stars. I don't. I don't care, fam. I don't care, right? But if I could sit on a motherfucking park bench and strike up a random motherfucking conversation with some young brothers or sisters or older women or older men, that's crazy valuable to me. That's my experience. That's what I enjoy. So that's what the fuck I do. I don't aspire to that fucking shit. I don't. I don't. I think people should be experience it. I think it's sad when people from my neighborhood, which is a five-minute drive to downtown and never been downtown, to experience it, but to aspire to it to the level where you put it so much above your own existence, it's bullshit, bro. It's not fucking real. And these motherfuckers make that choice knowingly or unknowingly every fucking day. And until they don't, again, as a collective, I don't know, I don't know how we overcome. Um, one more thing, just on some weird shit before we get out of here. Uh, and I say weird shit because I just think it's weird, but it's very much a reality, and so we need to discuss it. Um, some twins were born recently. They're 30 years old. What? Some twins were born recently. They're 30 years old, okay? 30 years ago, people froze these embryos, right? And they unfroze them recently. They hatched or whatever the fuck they would do at that stage. I don't know. And now they have these babies who were created 30 years ago. Now, is that a modern... Who do they belong to? Is that a modern marvel of science? Um, Perhaps. Right, should that be something we are in awe of? Perhaps. But for me, my brain instantly goes to how fucked up could this be? Right? They run studies all the time about the generational differences. And I mean biologically, physiologically, of just different generations because of the environment that was going on, the, the food that was being eaten at the time, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the chemical environment, all that shit. They're probably healthier than us. I would imagine that they're healthier than the average baby born in 2022. It's, 30 years. They, so they, they, they froze them in 92? Our eggs from 30 years ago. I don't even get it from that standpoint, though. I ain't going to lie to you. Okay. So that's not their embryo. So is that considered an adoption also? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they got them from the science lab. Yeah, they got them from uh, the lab. But he's but, been in there chilling. But I, again, right, I think... What I said earlier is the is the is the journey and not the destination, mm -hmm. right? We've created this like world where we're so selfish that we're not willing to accept the journey, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's not supposed to have children. Everybody's not supposed to be married. Everybody's not supposed to be wealthy. Everybody has a role to play, right? You, when you really understand the true nature of your innate value, mm -hmm. you have purpose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have purpose. Like, think about the, the way we say and how, how, how influence works and how being low vibrational works, right? The average kid when I was sure he wanted to be a ball player, right? Because ball players look like access to materialism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Then it went from ball player to rapper. Mm -hmm. Now it's influencer. Mm -hmm. Right, ball playing 
how many of you look at it, it's a skill set. It's a mm-hmm. commitment to time to learn the skill. Mm-hmm. To be a good rapper, at least in my day, took time. Was it commitment to time to create a skill? Mm-hmm. Right? In being a ball player, you find love, which is part of this journey of life. Makes this shit valuable because you love that ball. You damn near had to be well read to be a rapper back in the day. You damn near had to be. Mm-hmm. Right? You definitely had a love for words, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Again, you find love. Right. Makes this journey valuable, mm-hmm. right? Don't take none of that kind of a commitment to be an influencer. No. It don't take none of that kind of commitment to be a celebrity without a skill set. No. Right? But there's a story about TikTok or how in China they only allow them motherfuckers to deal with TikTok four hours a day and they only allow them to see certain kind of content. And yeah. it's usually educational. They don't have the same TikTok it's, we got. Think about this shit. It's educational or, or civic. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're going to know about government and you're going to learn some shit mm-hmm. that we deem and need Valuable. value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have been corrupted. Y'all go do them dances over there yeah, y'all. in America. Pop, you, know lock and drop it. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all Pop, do that lock in America. And drop it. You know what I mean? And, and, and we we look at the kids and say that's fucked up, but the, the adults ain't no different. Nah, you as attached to that phone as they are. Because it's dope. It's dopamine in this shit. Yeah, you feel it. You know what I mean? You feel it. You literally become addicted right. to it. But in that selfishness, in that ignorance, in that misunderstanding, that's crazy, Joe. you think you're supposed to be, supposed to have, supposed to do. Right? I don't need the skill to do shit. I'm right. just supposed to have the reward. Right. Right? It's that level of arrogance that will crush any society. Because mm. you becoming fucking competent at everything. I, I'm just looking forward to the studies that will be done on these two young old babies. Like, I'm not. This whole era, G. I'm looking forward to the studies that's going to be done wait. on them. I don't want to say it in these words, but. Are they going to be average height for. 2022 babies or average height for 9092 babies. I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? Like that percentile thing they do, that shit changes from generation to generation. Like, oh, your kid is this tall, so they are in the 80th percentile. Well, in 2022, what was the 80th percentile in 92? Is that higher or is that lower? On you know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious about in, in the future when this era is studied in time, it will be the definitive of whether we exist or not, or don't exist. And I don't mean black people, I mean people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? The difference in the motherfucking food and all that shit. Like, it's, it's all, all this shit we playing with. I'm serious, right? Like, um, talk about the fucking, the gender conversation. And it could be genderless. Cool. You can identify however you want to. I will have nothing but respect for that. But this idea of eliminating genders from society or from nature is not safe. That was not the design of this shit. It was specifically, the, now you can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. You want to call it man, woman, male, female. You call, it, you call it blue and red if you fucking want to. I don't give a shit. It was designed for there to be a gender. There are gender roles and gender norms. And I'm not talking about taking the trash out and cooking the food, okay? I'm talking about gender norms and shit that, that were created for the fucking life and to think that we can take that out without any unintended consequences you got your motherfucking mind there was a story I, I shared with you a couple days ago and I don't remember the intricate details but it was a, a trans guy mm-hmm. showing up as a girl so I don't know how to you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jake tell me the right word for that he, there was, he was showing up as a woman so it's trans woman whatever trans they woman. whatever they 
present as that's what they are. They're trans, trans women. These white folks. Mm-hmm. Right, trans woman walks into a gas station holding a motherfucking axe. Oh my god, I saw this video. Holding an axe, right? Gosh. Nobody's alarmed or nothing. Random day walks in the motherfucking gas station. This goes to her, talking to her, laughing. A regular conversation. She's holding an axe. She's holding a motherfucking axe. Buddy go to laugh, turn his head. He turns his head. She, she Barry Bonds his shit. There was a woman trying to walk out the door. She's unaware and, and, and on the back of the head. It's her in the back of the head with the axe. Right. Ooh. But all of this shit is in response to him crazy. being rejected, her, whatever the fuck you calling yourself, right. being rejected in a Tinder date. Yeah, she was uh, had a Tinder date with a woman, right? So I'm guessing that this woman was a lesbian um, because she knew it was a woman, but didn't know it was a trans woman. I, see, that's why I lose. You lose. It's fine. Can't be both. It's fine. Either way. They rejected her. So now you walking around mad, carrying an axe in public. But again, as a white woman, it's fine. Nobody let, but this let is where any I, black person but this walk into a public the, establishment holding a fucking axe. But this we is weaponized I, with nothing. This is why I get into the conversation of mental health, though, right? We, all, we keep this new conversation of mental health is very interesting to me because it kind of works the same way that racism works in my mind, right? Racism has been so effective that niggas think they're the cause of their failures, right? You hear it all the time. It's so effective that we blame ourselves for being niggas. Well, we just need, we just need to hold ourselves more accountable and make better decisions and stop being this and stop being that. I think the same thing happens with mental health because they won't question the environment. And in reality, it's environmental health. Yeah, right. It's not mental but health. instead of the society at large taking the blame, the greed, the governance, the, all the shit that goes in the media, all the shit that plays in to the culture that we create, right? They say you hold this weight. Right. This is about a personal imbalance, and 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 we remain so aspirational to their shit that we carry it willingly, and blame ourselves for our inability to succeed at their game. Flawed as their fucking game is. But these are the remnants of the culture. This is what it's going to breed. It's going to continually breed this kind of... Abnormality. Abnormality. (laughs) Right? It is a disconnectivity. You're not rooted in nothing. You are the motherfucking thing flailed in front of the tax bill. You ain't anchored into a motherfucking thing. I'm telling you, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really curious. I want these babies to be studied. From day one, I want to know if they are as addicted to technology. This is going to be like the advent of the internet. They're going to be a Google one sheet. That's it. It ain't much to study. Ain't nothing there. Right? I just, we ain't got to dig past the dirt because no roots. The, I don't think we eat the same food. Like, I think they put so much shit in the food now that these babies might be fucking different. Better or worse, I, different. I don't know. And I'm just, I'm curious to see how they develop at six months, a year, three years, five years, 10 years. I just want to, I'm curious to see how this plays out. I'll be following the lives of these young old motherfuckers. Um, Mutants. They are mutants, Joe. They are mutants. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, We got a slide. Um, 
Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this Wednesday edition of Herb and Two. Greatly, greatly appreciate y'all's input. Make sure that you like the page. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you set the alert. Subscribe to the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. Check us out on all the DSPs. We on what? Spotify, Apple Music. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can find your uh, podcast, look us up, Herb and Two. We are on there. You can just listen to the audio files of it as well. Definitely subscribe to the Patreon. Shout out to all of the official dirtbags who have already joined uh, the Patreon group. Got to see uh, the first unedited, raw, uncut version of Relationship Friday. Uh, It will be out on Friday. It'll be out the day after tomorrow at 1 o'clock where everybody can watch it and drop it there. But that will be a bit of an edited version that takes out some of the the wow shit uh, that tends to be said on Relationship Friday. So shout out to all the um, official dirtbags. Everybody that joins the uh, Patreon group is an official dirtbag, and we appreciate y'all. Um, but yeah, make sure y'all stay in tune with all of the things that we got going on. We greatly, greatly appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Please like the page. Please comment. Please share it. Subscribe. We'll see y'all back here Friday, 1 o'clock for Relationship Friday. Huge shout out to EFOO. Huge shout out to Jake for doing all the hard work behind the camera for two. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Shout out to